Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. Okay, we've got OKC Dave on the line. OKC Dave, uh, you are a uh, a longtime guest of the Pistols Firing Podcast. We've never talked under these circumstances, but uh, just how is your how is your quarantine time been going? How have you been spending your time, and and what kind of what kind of things have you been doing? Uh, it's actually not bad, and I say that knowing that this is a you know a very difficult and tragic time for some but um so i i don't dismiss that at all but for me it's actually been kind of great because you know working from home is not um it's been a challenge it's, it's more annoying than anything else just everything is a little bit harder from yeah. home but um but the flip side of that is i'm spending so much more time with my kids at a time you know I have, I have two boys 16 and 13 and you know this is a time in their life when they're becoming a lot more independent and you know not you know, necessarily wanting to spend as much time with, with dad. And so, um, to get this kind of unexpected time, I think is kind of a gift and it's been pretty great. Like we're doing, you know, lots of movie nights and game game nights and just, uh, just hanging out. It's been pretty, pretty awesome. Like they're making fun of me cause I want to take them for walks all the time and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, or they can go on walks with our dog and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, it's so, uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, yes, I have a general higher level of anxiety than usual just because of all the stuff going on in the world and the economy and all that. But, um, but Hey, you know, you got to make the, the best of it. And I think, uh, for me, I am it's been, been pretty, pretty great so far. Do you have any game or book or I guess movie recommendations? Like what, what, what are the, what are the things that have stuck out in terms of what you've been reading, watching and, and playing? Okay. Well, I mean, we kind of stuck to the ba- stuck to the basics on the games. Like, you know, um, we did like a Family Feud game, which is kind of fun. Okay. Um, uh, we did. Uh, we, I, I bought this like Jurassic Park game, which was kind of eh, it wasn't it wasn't the best. Um, but yeah, just like card games and stuff. It's kind of what we've been doing. And then uh, on the movie front, we kind of went through some old like we we did some Pixar movies. Yeah. Um, we went, we went through the Indiana Jones series again. Uh, I did the, the new ones. I showed them uh, Shawshank, which was pretty great. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, maybe not uh, age appropriate for your kids. And then, uh, <laughs> and then we did, we did uh, Tommy Boy the other night, which, which was pretty great. Um, I'm trying to think of some others now. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking. But um, as far as books, man, I, I you know, I, I thought your comment on the survey results was uh was funny you're you're like shaming people for not reading more but i've had a hard time jumping into anything with a lot of depth right now yeah. i don't know i just feel like my my mental capacity is not there for that so i'm probably looking more for just the easy stuff right now now i, I am reading a ton of like articles and news on and stuff like that but um i would say here here's kind of a curveball book recommendation um and it, it may not be a, the best fit for right now, but for some people it might be, uh, is uh, station 11. I don't know if you read that or not, but yeah, it's good. It's yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the, the, just very briefly, the plot is like a global flu epidemic wipes out, you know, 
the majority of the population. So again, it's it's kind of heavy material for right now, especially. But um, you could find some kind of hope in in the in the and I think in the story. Was, I, I enjoyed it. And then um, I have been running a lot lately, and I found some a good uh, book um, that might inspire some people. It's called Let Your Mind Run by Dina Castor, who is uh, the woman U.S. women's uh, marathon record holder, okay. and it's pretty. It's pretty cool. She talks about how, for most of her like young, like her youth running career, she just completely relied on the the physical aspect of of running to be successful. And it wasn't until she graduated from college and moved on to her professional career that she really focused on the mental aspects. And so, it talks about you know why that is so important and how it helped her, which is kind of cool. So. I would recommend that one. Yeah, those are good. Station Eleven is is a good one. Um, the the new uh, well, it's not really super new, but the Bob Iger book, the the Disney CEO. Yeah, I, I actually listened to that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's excellent. I just finished that, um, and I just moved on to uh, so Ezra Klein came out with one recently about it's called Why We're Polarized, which I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah, I should probably read this. Um, it is a I I sort of identify with what you're saying of like you're in the middle of what feels like a very serious thing. And so to dive into a serious book, it just feels like kind of overwhelming sometimes, but uh, yeah, I don't know. There are parts of that that have been, that have been really good. Uh, I do want to talk to I you. Think, I, hang on, hang on, hang on. The, the Iger book, I will definitely, I will second that one. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. And, and the way he talks about crisis situations that Disney faced while he was leading it was mm. um, like, I was like, huh, maybe, he might be a good person to be leading things right now. So yeah. we're only three minutes in. I, I didn't know we were going to go there so quickly. Uh, okay. I want to talk to you. So you put out a really good survey. Uh, this is, this is, uh, you know, some people when, when bad things happen, they, you know, make a spreadsheet. Some people, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what people do. You make surveys and it, it you know, and spreadsheets. Yeah. And spreadsheets. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but it was, I thought it was really helpful just, I, I, you know, I think for people in the Oklahoma state community, which we're both in to just see where everybody else is out. What was your like big takeaway from putting this survey together and then kind of reading through the results? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, just, I mean, cause I, you know, I, I think when you go through something like this, uh, to me, I, I do want to know, like, hey, hey how's, how's everyone doing? I mean, you, yeah. you can read articles, and, and it's pretty, you know, with social media, it's relatively, it, it's more easier than maybe it has been in, in history to understand what kind of people are thinking. But um, but I do think it's good to kind of just take everyone's polls, like, hey, how, how are we doing out there? And, uh, and you know, I thought it was good that, I mean, the, the I think the, the most chosen response to, to my blanket question of how's it going was not bad, all things considered. But then there was a lot of, Hey, uh, I'm struggling, you know, uh, I'm feeling anxious. It kind of depends on the day. And I think that's so true for, I mean, we see good news and you feel good. You see some really bad news and, and you feel bad. And I think everyone's, it's just good to know to, for me that everyone's kind of going through that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I, uh, I, I really try not to do open-ended questions on the survey, like, in, like letting people write answers in because it's really difficult to parse through whenever I'm doing the results. But I felt like on this one, I wanted to do that because I wanted to let, I just kind of wanted to see what people were thinking. So 
the, the one where it was like, hey, what's, and this is actually your suggestion, was to have people name one good thing that's going to come out of this. And there were like 400 other people wrote in uh, responses. Yeah. And some were really thoughtful and some were, some were kind of jokey and some <laughs> were whatever. But, but um, you know, I mean, the, the main theme there was like, well, a couple of themes. One themes were, one was, you know, a new appreciation for like what's really important. And yeah. I think, um, I think whenever people lose something, um, whether it's a job or a marriage or a loved one, you know, you, you, everyone goes through that on an individual level at different parts of their life. And I think now we are collectively going through that. You know, we've lost, um, you know, we've lost a lot, uh, you know, right now in terms of just freedoms and, and freedom, you know, movement and things like that. So we're, we're all going through this together. Um, so I think hopefully we do come out of this with a new appreciation and then also just, um, you know, what's important in life and, and family. And I think those are, um, I, I was, it was really nice to read through those. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of scanned through those whenever you sent the results over to me. And, you know, I think the thing that, that I was thinking about this week, kind of in the wake of some of the Gundy stuff is there have been lives lost, obviously like a lot of death, but also there's, there's been a way of life that has been lost. Right. And, and I think, I think that's the part that um, like I'm, I think lamenting both of those because obviously death uh, because of a pandemic is really bad, but also for the people that are, that are living through it, a way of like losing a way of life that you're, that you're really used to and not going back to that is, that's lamentable that there is, there is a lot of, I think, sobriety there in, in terms of just the way that we think about um, kind of, kind of all that unfolding. And I think that's been, that's been the part, I mean, both of those things have been heavy, but that's been, um, I don't know, but it, that, that part has been really heavy to me and, and, and kind of difficult to process through. I guess in, in light of that, I, I do want to talk more about the survey, but since we're kind of into this now, what was your reaction to uh, just just some of the the Gundy comments and, and kind of the way he presented everything as it relates to uh, Oklahoma State earlier this week. All right, uh, you know Kyle, if you would just shoot that straight down the middle, uh, like like One America News Network, and just you know you wouldn't get yourself into this kind of trouble. Um, now I I I mean here's the thing. It, it, Let's, let me bring you back to the survey first. So I asked people who, who what OSU figure they'd want in charge. And it was Hargis, Holder, Boynton, Gundy in that order. And I thought I was kind of surprised that Gundy wasn't higher. And this was before his comments, right? Mm. So the survey was before. But I think um, it kind of shows that, like, people don't take him that seriously. Um, and I mean, I in some ways, I wasn't that surprised by it. I mean, he, yeah. you know... <laughs> he's, he's a football coach, you know? Um, I, I think had he got up there and just said, Hey, I I really wish we need to have a plan for starting this back up. That, that probably would have been fine. But whenever he, I mean, to me, he crossed a major line by saying, um, Hey, these kids are young, healthy kids. They'll, they'll probably be okay. Um, you know, and tying it directly to money. I mean, like you basically said, you know, this is the budget for the, for the athletic department and for the university. I mean, it's like, 
So, I mean, if my employer said right now said, "Hey, we need to get you back to work because we got to make money," I think yeah. there would be an uproar, you know, rightfully so, among the employees. And that's what he's doing there for a guy that makes five million dollars to be so out of touch with what he's actually saying. Um, I thought was outrageous and incredible. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think, bottom line, I think it's um, he he came off as just not not very well informed and the fact that he told us where he's getting his news, I'm not surprised by it, but I mean, uh, you know, you, I don't know that I'll end my comments there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that stuff is fair. And I, and I don't, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, you go out there as the leader of, and, and some of this is hard because I agree with you. I think sometimes you look at it and you're like, okay, he's got a mullet. He coaches football. Like it, it is what it is. And with inconsequential stuff, that's you know it can even come across as funny but then you start rolling out there with stuff that has like legit consequences and you're like ah it's not it's not as funny anymore you know and it it just comes across really poorly and look like I, I keep going back to this Carson and I talked about this too there's no there is zero there are zero things wrong with having a plan you should have a plan if you don't have a plan that's irresponsible you don't need to announce the plan especially when it goes against what your university and, and your boss essentially think. Um, and then you, you just, you, you don't, you don't have to like say everything. Like you don't have to like say everything that you're thinking. Like it can be, Hey, the economy is a problem too. It is like, I think that you think, I'm sure you think that like the, there are things be like in, in a, like in addition to, the pandemic that are issues, but you don't have to like go into like how you're going to solve everything. It just, it didn't come across great. Um, we probably don't need to talk about that too, too much more. What, what were your other, Well, hang on, hang on, hang on one more thing. I mean, I think that, you know, we all want college football again. For and sure. there is tremendous, there is tremendous pressure on college football to happen yeah. for a lot of reasons for, for money. I mean, for the very thing that he brought up yeah. and, um, so we all acknowledge that. And I think it was it Castiglione that said, Hey, we're going to play, we're going to start this in January if we have to like, great. You know, I mean, if that's what it takes, then, then let's wait. But, um, but yeah, it just, uh, it, it, it basically, sometimes I think people in the world kind of hold up a sign that says, don't take me seriously. And I think that's what Gundy did right there. So anyway, uh, speaking of that, so you, on one of your survey questions was, will we have a college football season this year? And then will we have a college basketball season this year, which might be even more pertinent to the conversations going on, <clears throat> going on right now at Oklahoma state. Uh, it seems like people are, are kind of, kind of split on the football stuff. Uh, people are more confident about basketball. Where do you land on, on both of those happening? Uh, I think we will have a college football season. I do think that they will, I mean, they'll, they'll play it in the winter or spring if they have to, just, just for the reasons we're talking about. I mean, this is all obviously dependent upon the whole public health aspect of this. I mean, I, I um, but I mean, as long as, and it seems like we're trending into the direction of where we're going to get the testing out and, um, things, things are moving in, in the direction of, um, you know, reopening the economy and things like that. Um, and I know there's pressures on uh, a lot of people to get that done maybe sooner rather than later. Who, who knows, you know, where that ends up. But I, I do think if it's if it's at all possible, obviously they're going to make college football happen just because it does pay for everything else. 
Um, so I think I think we will see a college football season, maybe a shortened season or, or whatever. But I mean, uh, I think there's too much pressure, financial pressure from a lot of different uh, sources to, to have one, whether it starts in January or or whatever. But uh, college basketball. I can see maybe um, the same thing, like maybe a shortened season. Maybe you do away with non-conference or something like that, just play the conference, or I don't know. I mean, uh, it seems like these things might be doable given uh, maybe some of the progress that's being made. Uh, and, you know, yeah, that's relying relying on the on the progress continuing as well. Yeah, I think, you know, the thing that I think, I was talking about some about this with some friends this morning, but just the the people that actually are the decision makers, whether that's, you know, local government or even federal government or uh, health officials that are in charge, like, man, those are such heavy decisions. And I know that, I know you've been tracking a lot of this stuff when it comes to the state of Oklahoma. And, and it's just, I, I feel like we're not giving enough weight to how heavy those decisions are because you're literally making what could be life and death decisions for people, you know? And I mean, taking college football and co- taking all this, you know, nonsense out of it, like, those are really difficult decisions, and I, f- I, I just, I feel for for those people because I would not want that burden. Have you, what what has it been like to kind of, for you, kind of track what's going on, and uh, you know, I know you've been pretty locked in, especially within the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's how I respond to to anxiety. Is like I want to I want to feel a sense of control, and I realize I don't have any control over it at all, but it helps me to know what the numbers are doing. Um, so that's why I started doing that and tweeting that out because other people I think like to see that. Um, and I, I didn't see it presented in the way I would have liked to have seen it. So that's why I started tweeting that out every day. So for those that don't know, I tweet like a daily update of Oklahoma's numbers and kind of some, um, short range projections on them. But, um, it's been helpful for me to do that. And it's been positive. I mean, I, I, I always hate to say like good news, there's only been, you know, five more deaths in Oklahoma. It's like that's five people's families who are, you know, it's a tragic event for them. Um, but the numbers have been trending down. The growth rates have been trending down in Oklahoma, and that's that's great. That's excellent. Um, at the same time, like I was watching uh, Cuomo in New York yesterday talk about how 9-11 was, you know, this incredibly huge moment for New York and for the country and now more than twice as many people have died in New York from this, in the yeah. state of New York from, uh, and, and he took a moment to kind of say, if I, if I knew that I was going to sit in front of you as governor and tell you that 7,000 people have died, like, I don't know, you know, I mean, I think he said, I never thought that that could happen. And yeah. so, and you know, uh, so it is staggering. And, and that's why I think, I mean, to me, it, my mood does kind of, I mean, I, I'm, pretty even keel but i mean it's hard to see some stories and, and then you read about icu physicians who are talking about it being a war zone and stuff and it's hard not to i mean that has an impact on you for sure yeah um it's also it's also wonderful to see some of the great things that are happening as a result of this and people helping and stuff so um you know uh it's i don't know i mean i'm like i'm like everybody else it's just uh, there are good moments and bad moments you know yeah for sure no i I, I, and, and some of that, I don't know, man, like, I, I don't know how old you were for, for nine 11. Uh, you're probably what college. Yeah, I was in college. Okay. So I was in, in the middle of high school and 
that, I mean, it certainly was impactful, but I wasn't at the age to where I felt the weight of it as much as I have with this. And, um, I don't know. I, maybe it's just cause as we get older, we, we feel some of that stuff more, but there's definitely been like the five stages of grief of just like disbelief and anger. And I mean, I've, I feel a lot of that, like wanting to be in control stuff, like in, in all areas. And it just make like, I feel like the older I get, the more I like, the more I realize how not in control I am of so many different things <laughs> and you, mm-hmm. and you trick yourself into thinking that you are and you aren't at all. And that's a, that's a, uh, that's a pretty humbling thing. I think. It is. And I, I heard, um, so Sanjay Gupta has this like daily podcast. Uh, that's really short. It's like seven to 10 minutes every day, just with a brief kind of, and it covers coronavirus from several different angles. But one of the things he was talking about was, that Americans especially are so used to having an answer for everything. We're not used to having scarcity. We're not used to having scarcity in our grocery stores or uh, medical tests or equipment. Like that's not something we ever deal with. So I think, uh, um, uh, you know, that it adds to that lack of control. Like, wait a second, no, nobody has the answer to this. Well, what is, you know, and we're gonna have to wait 18 months for this. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's so unlike anything we've ever encountered. Um, so I think, you know, I definitely am an advocate of people just giving themselves a break right now. And if you're feeling um, uh, a lot more anxiety, then that's perfectly reasonable. And, you know, try to try to find a healthy way to deal with it. But for sure, let yourself uh, off the hook here. So. Yeah, I think there's, you know, a lot of and that's something that I've talked about with our family is is just having a ton of grace for not only the people around you, but also yourself. I think that's, that's a good, uh, that's a good word. Um, real quick, before we get to the, uh, the, the most lighthearted, I guess, question on your survey, what, what was, give, give me the, um, just kind of what, what played out in terms of, I, I know that on the survey you asked, uh, for people who are in need of help, uh, to reach out to you and you, you wanted to connect them with people that could help them in terms of financially or, or whatever. How, how did that play out? And, and are, are there any that are still, um, need to be taken care of? Yeah. I mean, I guess the good news here is that, um, of, of all of the, you know, 500 plus people that took it, there were, there were six people that kind of checked the box that said they needed help. Um, and then there were 70 people that, that actually said that they were willing to help and provided an email address, a way for me to reach out to them. So that was great. Um, uh, the six people though, only three of those left an email address. I reached out to all of them, uh, that did. And only one of those people has gotten back. So, um, I've, I've reached out to them again yesterday, just like, Hey, you know, just double checking here. Um, so the one person that did reach back is a small business owner in Texas who, uh, who is, currently in the process of applying for the, um, the SBA loan program. It and wasn't, so it I wasn't think, me by the way. <laughs> um, have you applied? It's just, actually, that's, that's not, not my business. Never mind. So no, anyway, the, we can uh, talk about it. Okay. Well, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I have the application open. It's one of the 29 tabs open on my browser. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so this business owner, um, and I definitely think that any small business, I mean, should, should apply. There's no reason not to. So, uh, but he is in the process of the application now. He does have a, um, GoFundMe page that, uh, I kind of wanted to wait to see how his 
process was going before I just sent that out to everybody yeah. on the list. Yeah. But, but to those 70 people who, if you are hearing this, um, you will be hearing from me. And if, if anyone's listening to this who does need help or knows someone who needs help, please reach out to me on Twitter, OKC underscore Dave, or uh, DJHOSU at gmail.com. And uh, there, I have a long list of people, OSU fans, who want to help. So might as well, let's, let's hook up some people who need help. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, you know, I, I, yeah, to your point, I, I think just seeing the humanity, um, of, of people involved of, of just, you know, you, you and I both read the article about Shea Serrano and, and just the stuff that he's done on Twitter and through Venmo and stuff like that. And I don't know, man, that stuff is cool to see. And, and it's, uh, it is kind of the opposite of some of the other stuff we've seen just in terms of, I think. I think times of crisis and, and times that are, you know, just really difficult like this bring out more of what people already are. And so I, I think that, uh, yeah, that just some of that stuff has been, has been cool to see. So definitely. definitely. Um, okay. The last question that I wanted to ask you about. So you came up with this question that I thought was really great and, and brought a little levity to the survey. It said a wizard presents you with a scenario. Have you read the Harry Potter series, by the way? Yes, uh, I have. My, my, my youngest son has read it like three times, so okay. I have a lot of exposure to Harry Potter. For so sure. I, yeah. I did the first three with – so our daughter is seven next week, and uh, I did the first three with her. It was getting a little dark for her, I think. Yeah, it does, yeah. So I, I think I might, I might bail bef- and like just hold off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe let her get a little older because it does. I mean, as the kids grow up, yeah, it does get a little more serious for sure. Yeah. Uh, have you ever read the, uh, we're off the rails here, but have you ever read the mysterious Benedict society? No, I've not. We moved on to that. It's, it's really good so far. Uh, okay. So wizard, (laughs) I just, I don't, I I don't know what I'm doing here. A wizard presents you with a scenario. You can pick any single OSU player in their prime, the chance to make a three pointer to immediately end this crisis worldwide. So the choices were, uh, Randy Rutherford, Phil Forte, Keaton Page, John Lucas the Third, and then Dizzy Thomas Dezagua. Um Yeah, I tried. I tried. I tried to grab a, a, someone from generation, sort of. You know, I don't know. You didn't want to put your and A on there. That was a write in. That was a write in. He was like he was like a hundred percent for a while this season. Um, <laughs> first of all, were you surprised that Randy Rutherford? was the runaway winner with, well, not the runaway, but he was the comfortable winner with 35%. And then also, who did you vote for? Well, I wasn't surprised because I voted for Randy. Um, I mean, the thing that he has going against him is just time. I mean, there's so many people that didn't see him play that are OSU fans now. Um, but I, I kind of love that he, that he still won, you know? Um, and that's absolutely who I chose. And I think I, I wrote this, but I mean, Randy would, would absolutely just, saunter out to the three-point line without a care in the world and knock it down and and it'd be probably turn away before it even went in and so that's the guy he's a killer and that's that's the guy you want in that situation um i I may have also like i mean if i could have chosen brooks thompson i I think he'd be the same way yeah um but but i also like i i also wrote about this with a friend of mine texted me was like it has to be Lucas because he hit the biggest shot in OSU history, which is true. He did. And and I, I have no problem with the Lucas pick. Uh, the other guys, uh, you know, you just had Forte on him. I can't wait to 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 listen to that um that podcast. But 
I, I think you can't go wrong with anyone on the list aside, and I'm very sorry, but aside from Dezagua, like, no, I'm not choosing Dezagua. There's no, 100%, there's no way I'm choosing someone that, that fires an imaginary arrow into the air after he shoots. Not going to happen. Can you imagine they bring out like a like a vial representing the virus and he shoots an arrow at the vial after he <laughs> after he hits the three pointer? That, that would be that would be. I think the case for for Dizzy is that like I think he would be so confident that he would make it that it would almost work the same as what you're talking about with Rutherford of like. Yeah, I'm definitely making like I think you run like Forte and maybe Lucas out there and they'd be like they would actually like really care and like really feel the pressure of it. And I think I think with the the reason I voted for Rutherford, I think that I if I didn't, I meant to. Uh and the reason and the case for Dizzy is I I I feel like Rutherford would be like whatever, man. Like what's this what's this for? Like what's this about? <laughs> yeah. And Does he, he know that anything's going on right now. And then he would yeah. just he would just bury it. Uh, I do. I do have a bone to pick. I think maybe you should have included uh, Joe Adkins on here. Yeah, you're right. I think Joe has the same attitude. Yeah. Um, uh, but but I mean, statistically, like unfortunately, he's just not in the same level. Those, those right. guys, like if you right. look at his numbers. So, but but you're right. I mean, it just, okay. So let, let me ask you that. It's like, are there other guys in OSU history that maybe? Aren't, you know, if you look at their career shooting percentage, aren't quite as, aren't quite at that level. But um, I mean, yes, I agree with you, Joe Atkins, one hundred percent would have the same attitude. Like Glendon Alexander, probably. Same yeah, way. I think I think James on would be up there for me. Um, yeah, that might be a little. I mean, we, you and I just kind of talked about him, so maybe a little. Just he's in my head a little bit, but I mean, some of the stuff he did in college, it's like I just think the confidence level was very high. Uh, I'm trying to. I, I think know, I think I think, Sh- I think Sean maybe has like a single season percentage. Um, that might not be right, but he, I, I know he had one season where he had a tremendously yeah. high three point shooting percentage. But again, I feel like he cares too much. I, I don't. I don't want to put him on. I'll put the pressure on him. There. What, what was uh, you just talked about, Adrian Peterson? What was he? I mean, I know he was a great shooter. Was he a great three point shooter? He was good. I wouldn't. I don't think he was you know, at the great level, but he was very solid. Um, just, just not at, you know, I, I don't know if he had any seasons above 40%. So yeah, he, he may I, have, I think, I think Rutherford has to be the choice just because of he, you combine the, the being a great shooter with just the, the not care. I mean, I, I wrote about this, like somebody said, if you had to pick somebody to birdie a par five, uh, with your life on the line, who would you pick? And I said Brooks Kepka because Brooks Kepka does not care at all if I die or not. Like yeah. he does not care, <laughs> yeah. and that's that's exactly what I want. I don't want, you know, somebody that I actually know out there like trying to do something f- with my life on the line. So, yeah, I thought that was a yeah. uh, a, a lighthearted uh, way to end things. Yeah, and, and I was trying to think of like a football version of this question. It's really hard to do. Um, uh, I don't know how you how what the scenario would be in football. Like you could say like to kick a field goal, but I mean, who cares? Like, I don't really, you know what I mean? But yeah, I think it would um, be uh, which offense would you trust to go 99 yards on whatever defense to, uh, true. Like to, so like the answer is just to the 2011 team. Like there's no other answer. I know. I know it's, it's Yeah. yeah, that, that, that gets tough. So, um, okay. Great stuff as always. Okay. See Dave and, uh, yeah, be stay, be safe, keep playing games, keep the running up, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, talk to you later. 
Okay, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we will come back and wrap this show up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, that was OKC, OKC Dave. Can't even talk. Uh, he was great, as always. Uh, no big takeaways. We kind of talked about our takeaways on the podcast. Um, but we do have Phil Forte coming up later on this week. That was a fun conversation. And we've got a few others in the queue as well. So, um, yeah, should be a fun week of, of podcasting. Uh, we are on to the middle of April. It feels like it's been five years within the last four weeks but uh we'll keep pressing on everybody thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon